0: Radio. Hello, hello, hello! Can everybody hear me? I can right, hear we're you. We're having some troubles. I'm going to assume you guys can hear me, but for some reason I can't hear anything on my computer. So, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call in to the host number... And this is fun. Stay on there, Patty. Go <laughs> for Because this is live radio, y'all. Let's do this. Six, three, eight, seven, eight, seven, six, oh, two, six. Found. One sec, guys. So now, press one to hear important information. It appears that the host has already done. Okay, I'm calling right back in. Stay right where you are. I don't know how to do this. Oh, I know how to do this. Hi, Patty, Hello? can you hear me? Uh, I uh, can. This is amazing. Kate. Okay. Well, can you hear you me? Being I can hear you. Okay. Whew. Thank you for being patient and for all of our listeners who I know you guys are tuning in, uh, thanks for being patient as well. Okay, let's get this kicked off. Okay, Patty, I'm just going to do a few introductions and then I'll, and then I'll bring you on. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Empowering You and Your Children. I'm your host, Candy Clark Marinelli. And I, you got to love live radio, live videos, live webinars. This has happened a few times for me in the past. And if this was, like, one of my first shows, I would have been panicking and sweating. But I know all the, like, the backtracks to how to get on the studio. So, whew, I'm so happy that we're on. Now, before we introduce Patty Phillips, I know that I've had a lot of uh, a lot of excitement around having her on the show today. Before we introduce Patty, I want to let you guys know what's happening in the invest in yourself area in the empowering kids area. Now, we've already begun to take registrations for empowering uh, the empowering kids spring spring break camp. So. Register your kids today. Go to empoweringkidsprogram.com, and there's a link there. All you got to do is register your kids. So we've had a lot of our past attendees register for that as well. And spring break always finds our fills fills up. It sells out. So make sure that you get your kids in there if you want them in there. Second thing: invest in yourself, guys. We have a kick-ass workshop happening. January 7th, 2017, we have amazing keynote speakers. We got Mr. Dan King, our monthly guest here. Mr. Uh, Dan King is a spiritual conduit. You guys do not want to miss that guy live. He's going to be our very first speaker. He is going to set the tone for the day. And we also have amazing speakers such as Natalie Reimer Anderson. She's Winnipeg's uh, self-love coach and transformational nutritionist. We have Lynn Nelson. Lynn Nelson, amazing. You guys got to hear her story, how she overcame all of these amazing odds and opened her own CrossFit gym. And we also have Amber Gutowski, 14 people under her. She's like the guru of network marketing here in Winnipeg. And who else we got? Sherry Stelly, author of the upcoming book 402. And... God help me if I'm missing anyone. I apologize. I'm doing this off the top of my head, obviously, right? So you guys want to register. Tickets are flying in for that day. So go to investinyourselfcourse.com. Super easy to find. My website is super easy to navigate. Click on the Register Now button and save your spot. Share with your peeps. And um, yeah, without further ado, I'm, I'm super excited to have Miss Patty Phillips on today. She's Winnipeg's life coach. She also has this program, the grief recovery hands or grief recovery program. I had the amazing opportunity to take this program with her, and what I discovered—well, I discovered a whole hell of a lot during this <laughs> during this program. But uh, what I what I what I left with is that why the hell didn't I know about this? How come I've never heard of this before? And because I work so closely with children and I have the Empowering Kids Camp, this is a must-have tool slash skill for every child out there so they can grow up and have this in their toolbox. Okay, guys? So without further ado, we're going to introduce Patty Phillips. Patty, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Tanya?
0: (laughs) I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Good. (laughs) I didn't stress you out too much, did I? No, not at all. Yeah, you got to love those,
1: hey? Yep, yep, life goes on.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I know that our listeners are going to want to hear, what is your story? How did you get to be where you are today? Please tell us about your journey.
1: Okay, first I want to, because you said, why didn't I know about this? I just want to address that first, because lots of people don't talk about grief or know about grief and loss. We live in a culture that tends to want to avoid subjects that are um, a little bit more challenging and we gloss over loss and so you are not alone in not, in not mm-hmm. knowing this stuff and I was one of those people too that hadn't spent very much time learning about grief or how to handle losses. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just, just wanted to <laughs> to point out that Thank you are not alone in that, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I probably got to be in my mid-30s, believing that I hadn't experienced grief in my life. Um, up until that point, only the yeah. only people that I had lost to death had been grandparents, and they were well into their 90s. So they had lived well and healthily, and so the message around me was they had a good life. Don't be sad. That's the way people are supposed to die. So that was one of my lessons about grief: is is don't feel sad for people who are meant to go. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I certainly had lots of pets growing up, and of course they died too. They don't live as long as humans. But uh, the responses and and messages that I heard from the people around me and the culture around me is they were just animals and you can get another pet. Don't be sad. So these are the messages that are starting to build. Um, When I was 13 years old, I moved from Calgary to Winnipeg and... You know, I, I knew I was sad at that point. I knew that was, I, I couldn't, certainly wasn't describing it as loss or grief. And when I look back, I know how affected I was. But again, the people around me were trying to make me feel better. You know, it could be so much worse. The family's still together. It's, it's your brother's going into grade 12, so it's worse for him than it is for you. Um, you'll make new friends. There's lots of sports teams we have a new house. So all of these messages that did not address my sadness. It was just about moving on and all the good things in this change. Um, and then, you know, leaving high school and, and lots of other changes with jobs. Um, as a teenager and a young adult, any of the romantic relationships I was in, I was the one who ended them. So, again, the message was I was the one who chose to end the relationship. I had no right to be sad or feel bad because I chose the change. So, all of these things.
0: I resonate with that and then, one.
1: then, oh, did you want to say something to that?
0: I, I was just going to say I resonate with that one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, then in my mid-30s, my partner and I decided to try to become parents and I did. After ten months of trying, I actually did become pregnant. But at about the eleven-week period, I experienced a miscarriage, and of course that was devastating. But um, there was very little support I had around me because I hadn't told very many people for a couple of reasons. Is there sort of that uh, that unwritten rule? that you're not supposed to tell people until after you've gotten past the first trimester, that magical three months when everything is supposed to be safe. And I was a Mm -hmm. week before that. Um, And the people I had told, um, they were few and far between. So when the miscarriage happened, um, I did tell a few people. And unfortunately, what they said... Again, wasn't mm-hmm. helpful. And not because they didn't mean to be helpful. They were so well-intentioned. But they didn't mm-hmm. know better. So things like lots of women suffer miscarriages. It's it's really normal. And, and things like you can try again. At least you know you can get pregnant. Um, th- that's just God's will. Um, yeah. Um, you know, all these things that are... And and maybe it wasn't going. It's, it's probably better that you suffered a miscarriage because who knows what what disabilities or, or challenges that child would have faced if they if they'd have arrived in this world. So some really mm-hmm. logical statements that could make that that I could make sense in my head, yeah. but none of those things made my heart feel any better. Mm-hmm. So my heart was broken and anything that people were trying to say to my head did not help my broken heart.
0: I bet, yeah.
1: And the other thing that was really confusing to me at that time was because I didn't have an actual relationship with this being, with this fetus. You know, there wasn't Mm -hmm. a human being. I didn't establish a relationship. So it was really confusing why I was feeling so devastated because I didn't lose something that I had. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was certainly impacting my life for for a fairly long time, like probably about a year later when I was still struggling to engage with people. I had definitely withdrawn a little bit. I wasn't uh, sort of the same sort of um, happy-spirited person that people were used to me being. You know, some some memory things just not being as in tune with my life. And a friend of mine, I can't even remember who... Gave me this book called The Grief Recovery Method, and at mm-hmm. that point it made sense. Well, I needed to do something, right? Yeah. So my partner and I read the book and did all the exercises as it was recommended. It wasn't just reading the book, you know. There, there are so many health self help mm-hmm. help books out there, and I bet everyone can relate to this. You read the book and you gloss over the activities that are that are recommended. Oh yeah, I read it. I mm-hmm. got it. Yep. And and so we did the exercises and I have no doubt that it helped us to move forward to to heal our our pain and probably you know what I learned was all of those things that I described previously the loss of grandparents moving when I was 13 the loss of relationships those were all grief experiences and I went back and looked at those I was like, hmm, wow. that's why I still have some hesitations and behaviors around those losses. Right. Some limiting beliefs. And probably well, the biggest lesson was mm-hmm. about the loss with the miscarriage. It wasn't about losing what I had. It was the loss of the hopes, dreams, and expectations that I had created for the future. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Well, you got me there, Patty.
1: <laughs> the hope, dreams and expectations piece
0: Exactly uh, Like the yep. first time that I heard that I was like oh gosh does that ever make sense
1: mm-hmm. That
0: makes so much sense Especially like Okay so here's, here's my experience With Patty everybody listening And I think that I'm going to share A little bit about this because There are so many people Going through the same thing And what you said at the beginning Really resonates where we gloss it over, right? And mm-hmm. at the beginning of our spiritual journey, this is what I notice. and correct me if I'm wrong, but this, these these are my perceptions, right? This is what I notice with people that I've worked with. When we find out the power of positivity, we kind of, like, do our best to solely focus on these things.
1: Yep. One thing that I
0: always share in my practice when I begin working with people is that, you know, when we begin the conscious breath and we begin we begin working together, there's only so long that you can suppress hurts, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. eventually they're all going to come up. And they need to come up. It doesn't mean that we need to sit in them forever, but they right. need to come up so we can look at them and we can face them and then we can choose to either, you know, kiss it, thank it, goodbye, uh, and move on and take Mm -hmm. the necessary processes to to move on through it, right? Which this grief recovery program is amazing for it. So that is one reason why I'm going to share a little bit of my experience with you. And another reason is because there are so many people out there going through uh, grief and they have no idea that they're experiencing anything, like that they're experiencing grief
1: bang on right
0: yep. yeah oh yeah there you go so when i came to see you here was my first reaction okay patty your name keeps coming up people keep telling me that they're working with you they enjoy working with you i mean there's only so many times i could hear your name before i'm like okay inner inner goddess listen to what your you know to what your body is telling you and you know the universe is telling you go and make it happen so when I first got there and you kind of explained to me what the grief recovery was, program was, I was like, I always say this thing, say yes, worry about it later. Say yes, worry about it later. Um, and that's what I did. I said, yes, we'll worry about it later. I know this is going to be challenging. I know it's going to bring up a lot of shit that I'm suppressing, a lot of shit that I don't even know that I'm suppressing, but I'm ready. Let's do this. we got to move past this. I'm done. So that's what I did. <laughs> I said yes and then I uh, worried about it throughout our free you even noticed there were times where I, I like literally messaged you and I'm like I'm not coming to the appointment today I'm not doing the assignment today because I was like I just couldn't do it Yep. I needed support you know walking through that or support and, and assistance walking through certain processes now I'm not trying That's to tear yeah, off yep. exactly right Yep. So, so that was that was um that was my journey. I'm gonna say yes, but about it later. Now, what you and I discovered was that it was there were probably three or four things that we were aware of that really need to be focused on, but yep. I chose to focus on my divorce first. Yeah. Because that was the big one that was lingering around and kind of affected all the other areas right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely so made the most You can jump in any time
0: here. What's that?
1: Yeah, I just said that that one made the most sense given what came up for you and how, how present it was.
0: Mhm. So maybe, you know, before I go on with a few, like, really key things that I took out of the program in regards to divorce, is what can you, what can you talk about when it comes to divorce? Why is it such... Why is it so crazy? Why is it like right next to recovering from from death around you?
1: so why is it why is the process so magical, and why can it move people from this place of <laughs> uh, a broken heart to to a healed heart?
0: <laughs> yes, I like that better.
1: Okay, more, uh, well, okay. I want to give an analogy first.
0: so mm-hmm. if we think
1: of a broken heart as as similar to a broken bone, and we definitely experience, experience different types of losses. So mm-hmm. a, like a, a simple fracture in a bone where you know, it just, there, there's that, the, the, bro- the bone actually has a break, but it's not misaligned or anything like that. Typically, it's just a simple cast to immobilize. But even if the cast wasn't there, if you gave it time, that bone would heal on its own right it doesn't need an intervention it doesn't need surgery it doesn't necessarily need a doctor that happens to lots of people they have broken bones and they don't even know it it's achy it hurts and eventually it goes away and you never think about it again then there are those bones that break that completely go out of alignment and if you pay no attention to them that break never gets better it will impact you for the rest of your life because it won't that bone that limb won't function as it was meant to function mm-hmm. so there are different types of losses and i i would say in my own experience the loss of a grandparent at at in their mid 90s would have been one of those types of heartbreaks that has the ability to heal on its own because it wasn't complicated right they they lived a good life i had a good relation i had good relationships with those grandparents and over time Of course, I was still sad and missed them and have moments of being sad even today. But it didn't have that enduring, long-term ache, that pain. Um, And there are some losses that completely devastate us, that without some sort of intervention, without some sort of focus, without some sort of support, that pain will last forever in our hearts. So I'm guessing that everyone can come up with an example either for yourself or you know Mm -hmm. someone who 10, 20 Mm -hmm. years after ending a relationship or someone dying, they still feel the pain as strongly as they did when they experienced that loss.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, there are sort of those different types of relationships that we have. So the depth of the pain can be a little bit different and we need to do different things. So one of the things I learned in my training through the grief recovery method is that the, those types of pain are the, are the regrets that exist in a relationship when it ends, mm-hmm. either through death or a breakup or just a falling out or a change of location, right? If, if there is some sort of regret, if there's something unsaid or undone or an expectation that wasn't met. If there was a hope, dream, or expectation, that wasn't met. Mm -hmm. And we have these thoughts of what if, why didn't this happen this way? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's the lingering pain. It's not the missing of the person, it's the things that weren't in the relationship. Yeah. And so the magic of the... Yeah, the magic of the program is honing in on those things that are lingering. What didn't I say? What didn't I do? What didn't I get out of that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's an educational program. It is not therapy. It's not counseling. It re-educates people or uh, retrains people to understand what grief is. Mm -hmm. You know, we we get impatient with people when they don't... uh, when they don't move on, when they're not back to their normal selves in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Well, grief doesn't have a time frame. And, and if people are, are too sad, it's like, oh, you shouldn't be that sad. right? So grief, the, the definition of grief is the normal and natural response to significant emotional loss.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna just jump in here. So that's mm-hmm. one of the that's one of the probably biggest things that I took away from working with you, Patty, was okay. that it was almost like validation uh, that okay. it's okay for it to take this long for you. It's okay for you to be sad, you know, because yes. One of the things that you asked me to do was kinda of go back and and remember what are the things that you've learned about about grief, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and a couple of the things I'm just gonna share. I'm not gonna like go into detail of all the processes we, or the processes that we went through because that I think really needs to be experienced. But right. hmm, here were a few things is uh, I know how you feel. People saying, you know how they they. I know how you feel, and it's kind of like hear that a lot from people. Yeah, I want to look at them and go, what's that?
1: A lot of people say that. Yep, that's what we're trained to respond to.
0: Mm -hmm. And I want to look at them and go, no, no, you don't. You you don't. You don't know how I feel. And another one is at least you have a good – and I'm talking about my divorce here. This is something that I realized that a lot of people say to me in in hopes to comfort me, meaning well, like you said, right? At least you have a good relationship for the kids. And I'm like, who the hell cares? I want my family. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's like I don't even want to care about these things. This is what I want. And you're absolutely right. right. You nailed it on the head. It's holding on to those expectations, hopes, and dreams. Yep. Right? Yep. So being aware of that was just like, oh, okay, number one, it's okay to hurt for as long as I need to hurt for. Number two, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to minimize your pain. You don't have to minimize your pain. It's okay. Right. Right? And, um, and when growing up, there were a few things that I heard. I'm trying to look. These are, like, the beliefs that I grew up having about um, the, and that hearing uh, from the people around me, like you said, they're just animals. They're old. At least they had a good life. You shouldn't be sad, right? Some of the yep. beliefs that I grew up hearing was don't feel bad. Replace, you know, uh, which one? Oh, suck it up. Suck it up 10 Oh, Tanya's the sucky baby, Tanya. You know what I mean? Like, she's so emotional, blah, 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 blah. And, and then I grew up with a belief of that I'm, I'm dramatic and I'm a suck. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, you know, I can't express any pain anymore because um, I, I don't want to come off as, as dramatic. Does that make sense, Patty?
1: It, it totally makes sense. And you don't want to experience another loss, right? If, if the people uh-huh. around you aren't accepting your sadness, they might abandon you too. <laughs> so we do yes. our best to keep the people around us close. We protect them from our sadness.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yes. we don't think they can handle it. So we do
1: all of this grieving or... by ourselves.
0: Yeah, you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so these are like the big ahas when working with you. And I'm like, oh, this makes total sense because for... Years I've been doing life coaching, right, and even business coaching, getting out of your own way and moving past the blocks of being visible and blah, 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 and it all stems from beliefs that we've learned and incorporated from when we were young. Yeah. But this is just yet another area.
1: Well, and then we start creating habits that hurt us to try and cover up that pain. So how many people turn to drugs and alcohol and food and spending time on the computer? You know, how, there are so many people if that that turn to those unhealthy behaviors to cover up those feelings because they don't know how to handle them. And that's do part you want of to talk about that too, for a few minutes? People, pardon me?
0: Sorry, do you want to talk about that for a few minutes?
1: Well, I probably want to talk most about depression, actually. And, and oh, yes. you know, th- sure. so some of the folks that I've walked through the program, and you acknowledged, um, I mean, you've talked a little bit about that in a previous uh, podcast about having yep. experienced that yourself. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who experience grief and they label it as depression. So then yes. the treatment of that is often medication. So that's a drug. It's not necessarily recreational, but it's, it's to alleviate that pain because we're not supposed to have that pain. But what if we connected that pain to something real, to having experienced a loss, a significant job change, right? When I became a life coach seven years ago, I had had a career working with youth at risk for almost 20 years, I walked away from it and it had a huge impact on me. And not just the loss of, of that career, but the loss of structure, the loss of having built-in uh, relationships, a, a social network that was built in. Um, mm-hmm. Having a secure income. Yes. So <laughs> being, having this tool in my back pocket that I've used since, whatever, 2002... I can identify all of those losses and feel them fully. It's like, okay, now I get why this is so difficult. It's not just because I left a job. But there's all Mm -hmm. sorts of changes that go along with that. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then, yeah, just just the sadness, the not wanting to get out of bed. That's pretty reasonable when you have a broken heart. Do I want to cover it up with with a medication? Uh, Not so much. I just want to feel it and acknowledge it. And say this yeah. is normal and this is a normal and natural response. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, talked is- about, you know, that that positive perspective that we as life coaches have. I have to yeah. da- to say that I'm I'm a little surprised that this is in my repertoire now, grief recovery, because <laughs> I'm with you. Like let's let's focus on moving forward. We don't want to spend time in the past. If you have enough positive thinking. You know, and and uh, law of attraction and focusing on on what you want, it happens. But, you know I've had enough experience with clients to know that sometimes there are these anchors. There are these mm-hmm. things that stop us from moving forward. And I just came to the conclusion that it's unresolved grief. Mhm. And and so now I have people coming to me who have had years of therapy and and years of being medicated and this process acknowledges all of their all of their pain and people have slowly moved away from medication. They now have tools to deal with losses as they come up because that's one thing we all have in common. We will all we all have experienced grief and we all will experience more grief if we don't have the tools to deal with it, you know that's, that's a lot of um, we're, we're missing out on lots of positivity that can go into the world if we're all healed, healthy people.:
0: Yes, good point. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to bring up a yucky topic, and okay. here's what really intrigued me was the the, the creator of the program. Can you talk a little bit about about his story? Because I know that there's people out there who may have a similar story who may think, psh, it's not even worth it. There's no way that you can move on from this.
1: Right. So he had a child. I think his, his son was four years old when he died. So completely devastating right like and and not to compare losses but in in right. the sort of scheme of when a person is supposed to die you know it's it's the 95 yeah. year old and yeah to to experience the loss of a, of a child that totally breaks all of the hope streams and expectations you think about the, the sports teams that your child is going to be on and, and the school groups and their music lessons and them. Gra- you, you have their whole life laid out when you, when you have a child. You have this whole vision yeah. of how you're going to be a parent. And so what is stripped away is so huge. Okay. So he was devastated, of course. And he sought out support. He was so overwrought with, with grief and he was not functioning in his life. Um, yeah. So he went to therapy. He read all sorts of books. He did what he could to try and move forward and he could not find a thing that helped him. Mm-hmm. So through divine intervention or, or whatever, he developed this yeah. program. And he was able to um, sort of heal his broken heart. And, and not to say that he never felt sad. He still feels sad. Of course he does. But it's not right. that, that deep-seated pain that, that gets stirred up every time he thinks about his son. And that's kind of the difference, right? Sadness is, is moments of sadness, but you can still go back to the memory of that person or that relationship or that sort of experience, you know, with the work and you and and you can feel good about it sometimes too. You can actually remember mm-hmm. the joy of that. So that's when a person knows that they're that they've recovered, that they're healed. Mm-hmm. And that yes, the sadness is still there, but the memories can also create the pain and a and a balanced memory of that relationship. Yeah. So yeah, having guided himself and created this program that worked for him he started sharing it with a few of his friends who had also experienced losses. And, and one friend in particular said, you know, you're on to something. We should start sharing this. And then they wrote a book and it grew from there. There's a whole Grief Recovery Institute now, which is, which is in the business of supporting grievers, but also training people like me to be able to facilitate the process so that the world has has those around that are trying to (laughs) re-educate people about how to grieve and what it is and that it's normal and natural and give them the tools to process losses. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm so grateful for you and the fact that you share this program because I was able to take it and I had so many ahas from this program and one more that I'm going to share with everybody. I'm looking through all of my assignments that you've given me, and uh, mm-hmm. one, thing, actually two things. Uh, let me just make a note of it. But first is one thing that was really big for me was that one thing that I always share with everybody, my clients, everybody on you know in my network, is that no matter the journey you are, no matter the journey that you're on, no matter how Big, like how far advanced you are, you're always going to experience challenges. You're always going to experience blocks. Okay, like you're yes. like we evolve to continuously progress, right? So there's always going to be challenges that are going to push us outside of our comfort zone. So, mm-hmm. uh, so here I am doing business coaching for quite a while, and you know, doing life coaching for quite a while. I've been coaching since 2011. And I, I go in there, and halfway through our our sessions, I'm like, you know what? I'm afraid that um, I'm afraid to admit, number one, to myself, and even allow peop- my clients to know that I might, you know, experience some depression, that I have challenges in this area. So the the aha that I have this big block there was like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was it was amazing, number one, but it was really challenging to to admit. So, no matter where you are in your journey, you're always going to experience blocks, and that was yet another aha for me. Something that I knew, but I couldn't believe that that it was it was so freaking hidden. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another thing was that um, forgiveness. You know um, how you explained forgiveness to me. Is that yes. something that you'd be opening to sh- open to sharing?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's it's a pretty well. It's a huge piece of the program, and part of it is mm-hmm. um, certainly forgiving yourself uh, yeah. for any contribution you made to. I'm going to just say the negative aspects of a relationship or situation, and. And forgiving the other person, that's sort of that resentment that, that lingers is that we wish something had been different. And if we mm-hmm. continue to blame, we'll never move forward. And mm-hmm. forgiveness is something that lets go of the blame. It doesn't let go of the hurt that was received, but it, it's it's almost like saying I'm not going to let that behavior that hurt me Get in my way anymore, mm-hmm. and it's and forgiveness isn't said to the person that you're forgiving. It's not about asking for for them to say they're sorry. It's about you mm-hmm. letting go. And there's yeah. something really powerful. And the words have to come before the feeling. Lots of people say, "Oh, I can't forgive them. You know, I, I don't feel it." Well, there's huge power in saying those words, and then you feel forgiveness. You feel the letting go. Um, certainly the, the, the ability, the willingness to say those words out loud, I forgive you so-and-so for, for hurting me, mm-hmm. you can feel an emotional shift within you when you say those words. Yep. And I have, I have the simplest example of that it's a little bit silly actually, but it's because I have this tool in my pocket. Okay. So I walk my dogs down by the by a park that's close to my house and and one of my dogs squatted and uh you know, did some business and then we carried on walking. Uh-huh. And there was another person walking probably, I don't know, fifty meters away and yelled from that far, You better pick that up and it's like, uh-huh. um, it was just pee I said, she's, well, I'm not sure. And this just stirred up so much emotion in me
0: in mm-hmm. terms
1: of being judged and my values being challenged because I would not leave a pile of poop in, in the park. So for mm-hmm. about two blocks, I was just fuming and, and angry, angry, angry at this woman. And then I just said to myself, I forgive her, just to myself, And Mm -hmm. my heightened emotion of anger just drifted away in seconds because I said those words actually out loud as I'm walking those dogs, and it was incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. to say those words.
0: Yeah, and and I think I remember you telling me this story, and I was like, oh my gosh, I so relate to that because there are so many times that somebody makes. Not makes you question your integrity but but just to have somebody question your integrity is 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 crazy it's it does mm-hmm. it stirs up a lot of emotion, you know and um and that's that's actually I had an experience last week, and uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm definitely going to use that. I didn't even think to use that, but i I will definitely use that absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah,
1: so that's that's uh, one of the long-lasting effects of going through this program is that you have tools that you can draw on. Do you have to walk through all all of the actual steps that we go through in the seven sessions? Absolutely not. You can draw on any one of them at any time
0: mm-hmm.
1: as you become more accustomed to it and you can start paying attention to, oh, this, must, this change is actually creating a loss. Um, this is one of the habits yeah. I'm using to distract myself. Is it a healthy distraction or an unhealthy distraction? And sometimes yeah. distractions from our sadness are absolutely important because we need to re-energize. We need to give ourselves a break from that. But if we understand that it's a, it's an opportunity to re-energize and just relax, or is it we're trying to distract us a hundred percent of the time because we never want to feel the pain? Those are two different so distract,
0: things. Distract, distract us, kind of along the same lines as escape, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where positivity okay. can come in to be a negative thing too, right? If we just
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, put on those rose-colored glasses and everything will be fine, nothing bad happens. We're not allowing those feelings to come up and they they start festering. They accumulate right. over a period of time. You know, so so imagine what if, if my- kids had these tools.
0: Yeah. That I want to get into right away. Um, okay. Two things. The, what I discovered was one of my big distractions slash escapes was putting on movies. I don't have cable, but if I'm having a really challenging time, I'll put on a movie and I'll escape. I'll avoid the feelings. I'll, I'll avoid the feelings, or at least I did. Now mm-hmm. when I'm experiencing any similar feeling like i did before i'll put on a movie or i'll choose not to put on a movie because i'm aware of it now
1: Mm -hmm. it's a conscious decision
0: exactly which is super cool and very cool what about when we go ahead
1: yeah i just said that's very cool that's that's what we want people to do is make conscious decisions right
0: yeah yeah exactly uh, and and just having this awareness is is amazing. And another thing, you know, forgiveness. Louise Hay is all about forgiveness, and the power of healing is all about forgiveness. Do you do you follow Louise Hay?
1: I've read some of her stuff, but it's not super familiar to me. Okay, but she sounds well, <laughs> like a brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> she a brilliant woman.
0: She is a brilliant woman. She's amazing uh she's facilitated thousands and thousands of people in healing themselves from cancer aids you name it and step one is through forgiveness and loving yourself so Hmm. she's got you know she's all about um affirmations but affirmations is the easiest way i know to explain creating new thoughts to create new beliefs. and But it goes a lot deeper than that. And she's extremely powerful. She even has a book where, you know, the certain diseases that you have are caused through, you know, certain thoughts that you think and certain beliefs that you think. So, okay. for, example, for example, you know, if you have you know, your a lower back pain or I think it's upper back or lower back pain. It's due to financial stress or or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and then you look up in the book and it's like, you know, when you read what what those beliefs are and the affirmation to kind of counteract that, create a new belief, it's kind of like when you look that up, you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I think, you know. And anyway, so anybody listening out there, if you guys have not, Heard of Louise Hay or spent some time? Absolutely research her and watch her documentary, You Can Heal Your Life by, by Louise Hay. And nice. uh, it, it totally ties into this, Patty. It's amazing.
1: Now, cool. I'll have to look a little deeper.
0: Yeah, I love her. Uh, let's talk about the kids, the program for educators or even parents, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, share with us that.
1: Yeah, so there is there are a few different programs that uh, that come out of the, so or, or a few different ways to facilitate the grief recovery method. So one is one on one, which is how you and I did it. One mm-hmm. is in a group setting, which brings a group of people together to process their losses together, and there's a little bit of small group work and that sort of thing. There's a grief recovery method for for pet loss, Ouch. which is awesome because lots of us love our pets like they were our children and and we certainly want to be validated in that loss. And then there's another program that's called Helping Children Grieve.
0: Mm-hmm. So, it
1: is designed for uh people who are in, who who care for children. So, it's either parents or guardians. It can also be for counselors or educators or, or you know, any, anyone who is in the care of children so that we mm-hmm. as adults have the tools to guide children through losses as they experience mm-hmm. them. So we're teaching kids early, early, early that mm-hmm. those sad feelings are normal and natural. We're not trying to talk them out of it. You know those things like, like big girls, big boys don't cry. What kind of message is that to kids? But how often is that said? Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're sad, go to your room. So grieve alone. Yeah. is One of the messages we pass on to kids. You know, we mm-hmm. do a lot of the at least. And replace the loss. Yeah. So with pets, well, we'll get if, to we'll get you another dog.
0: Yeah.
1: So. We as adults are well intentioned, but we aren't well equipped to support children right. or the people around us.
0: That's huge. That's that's really powerful. Um, I'm I'm really big on allowing my boys to cry, <laughs> to cry, and and the way I describe it from when I what I learned from attachment parenting guru is. Uh, Nurturing their soft heart, right? Mm-hmm. Nurturing their soft heart. So when it comes to sadness or any type of emotion, I'm big on, yeah, let's let's feel whatever it is that you're feeling. And if you, if you feel like crying, I'm not going to tell him not to cry. I'm just going to kind of rub his back or be whatever he needs me to be.
1: Mm-hmm. But there are
0: some times where the crying is loud. And, and I've caught myself saying, it's okay that you're crying, but can you, can you go to your room until you're done? Because sometimes I'm, like, completely overwhelmed. And I hope this doesn't label me as a bad mom, but sometimes I'm overwhelmed. So that's probably the wrong approach, huh?
1: Well, I think that we get to a point of feeling helpless when we're trying to support people when they are at that point of, of such deep sadness right so i don't think it's unusual at all it's like i'm at i'm at a point where i don't know what to do to help you i'm feeling so helpless and i don't yeah. like feeling helpless yeah so we i think it triggers potentially some self-judgment stuff it's like why can't i make him feel better
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my guess is that 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 lots of crying would would become emotionally draining too you know so yeah. it I think it's reasonable to to want a break from that and not saying not to cry, but the opportunity to process afterwards and acknowledge, yeah, I know you're feeling really sad and I can't do anything to help you, which is totally reasonable for a parent to say. I can't make this pain go away.
0: Yeah, I like that. So imagine
1: parents saying that to kids, admitting to them that we can't protect them from everything. And that that when we are hurt, we can't undo the hurt. We can't kiss it better. Mm-hmm. But we can acknowledge that it really, really hurts. And we can talk about where the nice? hurt is coming from.
0: Yeah. That's one of our human needs, you know, is validation. And just like, isn't it, wouldn't it be nice to just grow up knowing that it's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. feeling that validation. I mean,
1: it's okay to be human oh, and experience sadness and and devastation. Yeah. Yep.
0: There's yep. a lot of there's a lot of uh beliefs out there that we got to teach our children to be strong. So so this and this is the way to do it. You know, handle mm-hmm. your feelings. It's not strong to be so emotional and to express so many emotions when in fact that's what strengthens a person? that's what makes a child be you know grow into a strong adult is Well, and that those able.
1: feelings are absolutely normal and natural mm-hmm.
0: you know, in,
1: in the springtime when when there was that rash of uh, of suicides in the town of Woodstock, Ontario, I was so triggered by that and it just thinking about if these kids only knew that what they were feeling was normal and natural. Yeah. So they go to that, to that extent to escape from mm-hmm. that pain. So, in addition to mm-hmm. feeling sadness, we also get into self judgment mode that absolutely yeah. compounds the feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Because we start saying, mm-hmm. I shouldn't feel like this. I should be more positive. Um, I must be crazy. I must be clinically depressed and not that those mm-hmm. things not that clinical depression isn't a real thing but how many times is it mislabeled Mhm you're right and so yeah so people get to the point of i shouldn't of, of judging i shouldn't feel this sad it's not that big a deal why can't i get over this why can't i feel better why can't i be like everyone around me who's put on a happy face i'm all alone there's no mm-hmm. one to talk to because we're not supposed to talk about sadness so there, yeah. there, there comes a point of desperation, and I can't feel this pain anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're not teaching our kids well, in general. <laughs> you know, as as much as you and I yeah. are focused on on positivity, it can't just be mm-hmm. that.
0: Yes, you're right.
1: We place then we then place an expectation on people that that if they're not moving forward, if they do have challenging days that there's something wrong with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not helpful.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I could sit here and listen to you all day long, but I looked at the time. It's 9.53 already.
1: Wow, okay.
0: I know, right? It so mm-hmm. goes before, fast. Before... <laughs> I love it because it literally is like a conversation. Just get on get on the radio, let's have a conversation about this, and and hopefully it will impact people's lives. But before we reach the very end of our show here, Patty, I know that there are going to be people who need and want to work with you. How can they get a hold of you?
1: So they can go to my website, which is explorelifecoaching.ca, and I haven't done much updating to add the grief recovery piece to it on that website. It's mm-hmm. mostly focused on the life coaching. So that's a pretty good prompt for me to get some of that yeah. on there. Um, mm-hmm. They can also email me directly, which would be patty at explorelifecoaching.ca. Now, if anyone is Any- listening outside of Winnipeg, this is a program mm-hmm. that has to be done in person.
0: You know, okay. I
1: know lots of people do um, phone life coaching and that's absolutely normal and effective. But the, uh, the grief recovery method has to be done in person. So if you are not in Winnipeg or don't want to travel to Winnipeg, um, you could go on to the grief recovery method website and mm-hmm. there's a resource that lists grief recovery specialists basically around the world.
0: So you oh, nice. should be
1: able to find someone close enough to you. Nice. And then while you're on that website, you can, you know, flip uh, just sort of search around in there and see additional information and that sort of stuff. And, and I think I don't I don't know if this was your experience, but one of the one of the key pieces I think is the hug that ends every session.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's it was, something it, about it, that human
1: contact that yeah. is pretty darn healing.
0: I agree. I concur. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. What if okay, so I have I know a lot of educators and people who work with uh kids and just really involved aware, conscious parents who listen to the show. And not only that, I would love myself and my staff to all be trained in the grief recovery, um, helping children grieve program. So mm-hmm. how, do you, are you teaching that program right now? Like how can I get a group of educators together and be trained in this?
1: Well, if you have your group of educators, sort of a minimum of six, just contact me mm-hmm. and, and we'll set that up. So it's a six-session program. And we okay. would sort that out. It's typically done uh, one session a week, but it could be accelerated to two a week, so it could be done in three weeks. And each session okay. is a couple of hours. And uh, uh-huh. with the, the most effective training has the participants do a little bit of their own work. So yep. that's a part of this program, is that we need to mm-hmm. know how effective this is for ourselves to, to pass it on to the kids we support. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically on a... Uh, as requested basis, I'm certainly available to uh, to make that happen. And if there are individuals who are in- interested in that, totally fine to contact me also, and then I would just create a list of people who are interested. And once I get to six, eight people, then I can try and gather those individuals together to create the group.
0: Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Okay, now we've heard everything from... Depression, grief of children, divorce, you know, uncovering these beliefs that are, that are holding us back and uh, keeping us from expressing emotion that's okay to express. We've talked about blame and we've talked about forgiveness. What is something, you know, we have two minutes left. What's something that you want to leave us with? You know, is there something that we haven't covered yet? Mm,
1: There's sort of how to support people when they are grieving. Okay. So when people come to us and they have had a loss, how can we be the most supportive? So you already pointed to this one. So something that is not helpful is saying I know how you feel. One of right. the most effective responses is I have I can't imagine how you're feeling. Yeah. And just feel the difference between that. Just let that settle in. Hearing those words, I can't imagine how you feel.
0: Something that I say often is, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Not, mm-hmm. not I'm sorry that that person did that to you or not to point fingers, but I'm just, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Is that useful?
1: That is, that is useful, yes.
0: Okay. To say I'm sorry <laughs>
1: you're feeling that way would not be useful because then you're judging the feeling,
0: okay.
1: right? So I'm sorry that oh, happened to you, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is the circumstance. So there's a okay. distinction between those things. Right. And, and then another thing that's really hap- helpful is to ask mm-hmm. what happened, and then just listen.
0: Okay. Because one
1: of, the, one of the healing pieces is being able to tell the story. And we're so afraid to ask people because we don't want to stir up those emotions. We think we're responsible. We think we're if we ask about it, we're actually creating those emotions. We don't have that much power. We can't take them away. We can't create them. Yeah. So if you're willing to be a listening ear, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're yeah, just uh, just say what happened and listen, and don't get into your own story. When you're listening. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that happened to me, and oh, yeah, I had the same sort of situation. At least you're not so-and-so, because they had this happen to them. Just yeah. listen. What mm-hmm. happened? <laughs> Just listen. No fixing. Listen. You can't make it better.
0: Just listen. Uh-huh. Underline. and bold and italic. Just listen. Awesome. <laughs> Well I'm yep. I'm celebrating you being here today, Patty. Thank you so much for jumping on the show and sharing this powerful program with people. I know that I'm gonna get some messages about it and I'm gonna send them your way. So awesome. I
1: hope You were very welcome yeah. and thank you for the invitation. It was great.
0: Absolutely. Have an amazing week and you and I will talk soon. Take care.
1: You too, Tanya. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye.